Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined again by Michael Morris from Cloud City Casino. Michael, I feel like you were just, I feel like I was talking to you, like, what, last week? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Roughly a week ago. Well, because that's because we have so much more celebration stuff to break down. We could not get through all of it last time. And for all of you, thank you for your patience while we... Uh, figured another time to record. There's just so much, so much going on. So many good yeah. things to talk about. And, I, and I, I think, totally understand. And, and I think what we really should start out with, and this is the one that I am so looking forward to, Clone Wars saved. Yes. Now, now yes. okay, wait a minute. Here's here's the thing I got to ask you. It pained me to did have it, to save this for did, the second did, part. But we we got to you know space out the good stuff in both. Oh, well, of course, <laughs> of course. And and wait a minute. There were no announcements this week, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, nothing, right, nothing so, big. So I want to ask the two of you, when you went to the panel, was it actually titled Clone Wars Saved or was it just the Clone Wars? Um, I believe it was um, Star. It just was called Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Um, OK. Yeah, I could I could look at the exact title. Is that what it was called? Because I thought it was titled Dave Filoni is your master now. It, yeah, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it, it was been it was Star Wars, the Clone Wars sneak peek. And uh, wow, they did indeed give us a sneak peek. It was some really, really good stuff. If you guys have not watched the recording of the panel, highly for you listeners, I highly recommend that. Um, I, I will, really it would be bad to say I have not watched the recording of the panel, but did you get to see Bad Batch fully animated? Is my big thing. We other did. than the little preview that we saw. We did, we did, and and um, they actually showed us all. Uh, they showed us clips of all three arcs. Um, so if you want, we'll, we can go through wow. those three arcs, kind of break them down a little bit, what we saw, some of what they teased. Yeah. Why not? Um, but you know, it was just nice to see a reunion of the, with the whole cast. They had Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein, Sam Witwer, D Bradley Baker, Matt Lanter, Kat Tabor, James Arnold Taylor, Tom Kane, Matthew Wood, everyone. Uh, and it was just quite the sight to see them all back together again. I think, you know, the, the rebels cast is, it was, is fantastic. Um, the, the resistance cast is really, really good. But there's just something special, I feel like, about the Clone Wars cast. Mm. Something that's it's it's kind of intangible, but it they just gel so well together. And maybe it's part of it is the nostalgia too. But it's just it was almost emotional seeing them all back together again. Mm. Even Dave Filoni himself so was saying he never thought we'd get another season of the show. You know, they'd moved on to Rebels, um, and and then Resistance. But thanks to the persistence of fans. Uh, Disney actually approached Dave Filoni and said, "Hey, would you like to return for another season?" Um, and, and what a day that must have been! Oh, I, I know, right? I, that must have been just like it, I would imagine that floored him when they approached him and said, "Hey, let's do one more season." Mm-hmm. I agree. One of the things that I think surprised me the most, though, was how and, and we know this on some level and. Lucasfilm's like any company; they, you know, they change and people leave and people join. But uh, Dave Filoni was talking about how, you know, this the show is incredibly challenging to make because of its large scale, right? George Lucas mm-hmm. just threw money into the show, and I think that's part of the reason why they canceled it when Disney took over. 
one, it was through, you know, with Warner Brothers. And two, it was incredibly expensive, right? Uh, and that's why it's part of the reason why it's so good. They spent so much time on it. Uh, and they had such a long lead time. Um, and they, you know, they were, they, they only wanted to make sure that they really did this season justice. But as they started going through, they realized a lot of the people, a lot of the talent had actually, you know, had left after the Clone Wars was canceled. Mm-hmm. And you can't really just turn back time you know, you can or flip the machine, you know, the computers back on and, and get back to work because there were a lot of people and a lot of talent that just weren't there anymore. Um, but there was enough around still. Well, they didn't have everyone. They had enough people around. They were kind of able to, you know, um, to, 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 to get a team together that could continue working on the show. And they, they actually have done a lot of work to revamp everything and take advantage of new technology and, and techniques. So their goal is to make it as high quality as possible you will see that you know some characters get new looks so the some things are a little more detailed um but they try to make it as as close as as possible um michael what were your overall thoughts from the panel before we start getting into the the three arcs hmm anything that stood out um, for you well i was new about? to the the idea of the trust tree <laughs> oh yes but that was something that I was not familiar with and now actually use. Um, Sorry, what is, what is the trust okay, yeah, tree? Okay, I was going to explain. What is, uh, what is the trust tree? Well, Dave has a trust tree. And it's his way of knowing who he can... Well, it's basically how he tells secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's how he knows who to trust. And if someone breaks that trust, he can trace it back through the branches to see who you know who uh, betrayed that trust um <laughs> interesting and he said that uh you know occasionally he might have to saw off limbs from the trust tree um, <laughs> and we found out that uh ashley and d are not um in the trust tree they are the <laughs> the, the pathway that leads to the trust tree but then there's like some shrubbery and then a gate around the tree and then there's actually some people walking around inside uh that gate and then there's the tree mm-hmm. yeah interesting so, and yeah. very interesting you know but they, they were talking about how like uh you know ashley you know she didn't she actually she didn't know they were coming back until d bradley baker actually texted her while she was at disneyland and uh, at first, she thought it was a trap, and like Dave Filoni might was sitting next to him testing her or something, <laughs> uh, you know. But he was like, you know, Clone Wars finale, twelve eps soon. And wow, yeah. Uh, it's, Were there any other good stories around people kind of finding out about the show coming back? Let's see. Uh, Sam Witwer talked about how you know he 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 had to keep the new secret for about a year. I think he found it about a year before they announced, and it was probably the hardest secret he's he's ever had to keep. Just Interesting. Of, you know how, uh, how how big of the news was, right? Um, they also talked about there, how. Sorry, Stephen. I was. Saying, I don't think there is any bigger news than this. So no, not yeah. really. No, I, I think it, it floored everyone. This is the last thing we were expecting. Um, that and Palpatine coming back. So you know, like. <laughs> uh, but uh, during Rebels, you know, while well, they were recording Rebels, there's a. There's a lot of references to the Siege of Mandalore and Maltox, you know, refers to Ahsoka as Lady Tano. And there's a lot of history that's implied there. Mm-hmm. And Sam Witwer would always ask Dave Filoni what happened and he refused to tell. 
Um, and that, you know, uh, he, he, he tried everything to get the story out of Dave, but, uh, never, never could. And, uh, and, and now we will get to see it for ourselves. So, uh, so there's, 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 let, should we, Michael, should we, should we break down the, the arcs? I think, uh, I think it's time. Um, I, sure, because honestly, I can't think of what the third arc is. Oh, okay, I, I, okay. So I'll, I'll break it down and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about each one. When you say it, I'll probably be one. like, oh. So the first arc is Bad Batch. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the, the Clone 99 arc. Uh, and this is what was, they were, this is the arc they released um, as story reels, right? If you'll remember, they released the Crystal Crisis on Utapau arc as a story reel and Bad Batch. So we've all seen Bad Batch. It's been fully, it was fully voiced. Um, uh, before they uh, uh, before they the show was canceled, but they never finished all the visuals. So it was very, you know, um, wooden and all temp visuals. Uh, and so this this is the we, this we got the shot up from this arc in the initial teaser trailer when they revealed that the Clone Wars was coming back. Um, and, and so this is the the first episode they're finishing, and they said that you know it makes sense. This is the most authentic uh, arc to the time period in which the Clone Wars was, was originally made. Because, right? you know, every show is kind of a product of its time and you have the same, uh, you know, this this arc was already uh, shot, right? They had all the pre-visualization done, uh, the story was done, the voice acting was done. So that it is the most true um, to, to the, what, what we originally had, Clone Wars mm-hmm. episodes. And the rest they tried to, you know, they tried to bring it as close as possible to what we are used to. But, you know, things change, people change, they learn things. That's sure. Sort of so, uh, so a quick question on the Bad Batch. Yeah. So since we've already seen the story reels, did they do direct or is, I imagine he went back and rewrote little tidbits to make it coincide with the next part of the arcs. So I, it doesn't sound like they made many changes to this arc. Uh, the next okay. arc, they actually made some fairly significant changes to, which we'll touch on in just a moment. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause this one was already voiced and done. So it was just, they just made the visuals. Okay, so so it seemed like when they got the when they got this off the ground, since this was already, let's say forty percent done or fifty yeah. percent done, there was no way they were going to go back and correct that first fifty percent. It was easier for them just to continue forward the way it was. Exactly, exactly. And there were okay. a lot of other arcs that were in production too, mm-hmm. uh, but they they dropped. Like you know, Crystal Crisis on Utapau. I think there was going to be another one with uh, Yoda and the Wookies again. Mm-hmm. Um, there was going to be an arc with um you know boba fett and you know getting his helmet dented and all that kind of stuff um but it looks like those episodes have all been dropped um one of the sad things it's kind of sad uh is that as they were making the bad batch arc there were a lot of people on the crew that were surprised that d bradley baker voices all of the clones wow yeah interesting right like for us that's just a, of course he does but it just shows you how much lucasfilm wow. animation has changed that people actually don't know that d bradley baker did every all the clones and it's kind of sad and also normal yeah, but but in his defense then he's doing a darn good job oh exactly if they if they did not know that was him yeah then more power to d bradley Baker for doing that i mean more power to you because because there, there's times I'm going to, when it comes to, um, Hondo Anaka and it's Jim Cummings, you can hear the trace of Jim Cummings in his voice for almost every character he does. But for D Bradley Baker to pull this off and have people go, what? Uh, 
bravo yeah, totally that's bravo. pretty amazing yeah yeah it, it was it was um and they showed us a clip from bad batching and we, we'd previously seen this arc unfinished um and if you watch the crystal the uh the, the story reel there's like a scene where they're fighting in a canyon mm-hmm. there's this big battle that's a clip that's the that's the scene they pulled this clip from uh and i have to say it looks incredible in its finished form absolutely incredible it's you know shot for shot what we saw previously uh but it just looks so good um so yeah that's that's bad batch michael any thoughts on bad batch before we move on to uh arc number two um it looked really cool i mean i i (laughs) I liked i liked you know the pew pews and all of that stuff i mean it um they didn't show us can you confirm there were two pews I just um, want to make sure we have that right. It was, it was pew pew, not pew pew pew, or there was just no pew? less. There was no less than two pews. Okay. Well, then you That's know what? I think I got to very always two. There are no more, no less. <laughs> See, I, it, isn't doesn't the shirt the one with the stormtrooper? Is it three pews or two pews? Because I want to make sure I get it right. Because if it's the wrong pews, I'm taking it back. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, we got to continue on. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did, which a lot of us have already seen the, um, you know, a good chunk of of the uh, that arc. But mm-hmm. you know, in what they actually showed us, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of uh, depth or gravity going on. It was mm-hmm. mostly just like, look how awesome these guys can be. Okay. Oh, one one last question. Did the nose art on the side of the Republic gunship, did that end up staying? It did. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. This this I cannot wait to see. Yeah, it's you will love it, Tom. As, okay, as good. As a fan of the clones, you will you will love it. At least based on the clip we saw. Good. Um, uh, the second arc, this one is... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pick between these these three arcs. They're, they're four episodes each, but they all look amazing. The second arc deals with Ahsoka on her own after having left the jedi because you'll remember when season uh when season five ended right they mm-hmm. um uh, ahsoka left the jedi the jedi order and we got a couple more episodes in the lost missions season seven we got the season six sorry and we got the unfinished story reels but we never got but went back to ahsoka so this is our first time seeing ahsoka again and um uh, you know, and there are lots of funny jokes. Like since the first time we've seen Ahsoka after having she after she's left the Jedi, uh, Dave Filoni was joking about how Ahsoka doesn't know how to dress anymore. What, what does she do when she doesn't wear Jedi robes, right? <laughs> um, but uh, a fair question. it is, you know, yeah, what, it's very what, fair. What did I do? Um, but this will be Ahsoka on her own, and so she uh, will get to see her uh, meeting two sisters, Trace and Rafa Martez, who live in the underworld of Coruscant on. Level thirteen, thirteen. I take it that's a nod to the game that got canceled. It is indeed. It's, nice. It's crazy to think that at the time they were probably writing these episodes, that was like it was meant to probably be a tie into the game. Yeah. This isn't the first time they've went to thirteen, thirteen, though, is it? I thought that's um, where they were when she was on the run. I yes. thought she went down to thirteen, thirteen during that time. I believe briefly, yeah. Um, yeah. but I think this whole four episode arc will be set down or at least a, a significant portion of it. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, this episode went through a lot of changes. Um, if you'll remember a long time ago, 
Uh, Ashley in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. <laughs> 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 okay, anyway, continue. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Eckstein uh, had mentioned at one point that Ahsoka was supposed to have a love interest um, um, named Nyx, and, but Nyx was cut in favor of Trace, these sisters, Trace and Rafa. So um, Nyx was nixed. Yes, exactly. Okay. Very funny, Tom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I believe that was honestly just due to the fact that if they brought in Nyx, they wouldn't have time to resolve uh, this whole new plot development in four episodes, mm-hmm. and so they nixed Nyx and uh, instead added these new, two new characters. And this is you know so they this they actually went through a bunch of script changes in this episode, and all the voice acting is new, uh, and, and so you know it's it's five years older six years older six or seven by the time it you know debuts probably uh and so we will see you know it's it's not they, they're trying to match as closely as possible but you know like any show when it comes back years later some things may be different uh, they didn't explicitly sure. say that but you know that's just kind of implied um but ahsoka is on her own going wherever the wind takes her and it was uh challenging for the writers actually to go from writing uh, uh old older ahsoka in rebels uh, back to you know the younger Ahsoka we see in the Clone Wars, they had to kind of, mm-hmm. and Ashley Eckstein too, kind of had to shift their thinking a bit and go, oh no no no, this is this is young Ahsoka. I had to be a little bit younger, act a little younger. She's just left the Jedi, you know, going through a lot of changes, but um, in her life, uh, but she's not what we see in Rebels. She's not quite as wise yet, and uh, we did get to see a clip of her arriving on level thirteen thirteen and meeting trace and rafa she's like flying a speeder bike uh, mm-hmm. over coruscant and then she flies down into that big uh circular um like a vertical tunnel almost like up our pit uh mm-hmm. and goes all the way down to level 13 13 and yes she has a new jump shoot jumpsuit as well okay i know this is this is probably jumping ahead and i doubt this is even touched on but when it comes to ahsoka did they kind of mention anything about any way at the end of this story arc or the whole series how they can put the little glimmer of how it's going to tie into rebels ah yeah so i think that ties in nicely with the siege of mandalore that's the third and final arc oh hey and uh they said this was the most challenging arc to make but also the most important one um most of the Clone Wars takes place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, you know, as obviously as we know. Um, mm-hmm. But this arc in particular had to align very, very closely with Revenge of the Sith. Um, it is right up there on the end. And, you know, there are ideas in this arc that have been planned for a long time. They ended up changing a few things to align better with what happened in Rebels. But for the mm-hmm. most part, it's true to the original plan that Dave Filoni and George Lucas had envisioned all those years ago. Cool. Yeah. And uh, of course, Darth Maul will be back. Uh, Sam Witwer was saying he was shocked when he read the script for the siege of Mandalore. It's the best stuff they've ever done and all personally written by Dave Filoni. You know, the, the hardest thing about that is when I saw the trailer and, and I know I posted this on the Facebook page because it has been so long since we've had the clone wars, you forgot that Maul was part of the siege of Mandalore or was part of rebels Yeah. because when you heard that name come back, I mean, that was way after you saw him get off by Kenobi. And then you just come to the realization 
thanks to I have to say thank, thanks to Nathan to reminding me that wait a minute he was alive at that point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He was, and what makes Maul even cooler about this arc uh, is that they actually brought in Ray Park and mocapped him for all of the Whoa, fight scenes. That's cool. So when Maul moves, it's actually Ray Park moving, but voiced by Sam Witwer. Well, I loved how Dave mentioned it, though, where he's like, I thought, or he's like, so I called up Ray and I was like, hey, Ray, you know, I've directed live action now, so let's just get you in a mocap suit. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I directed live action for Mandalore. And guess what? We're doing one for uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Caesar Mandalore. Connect, connect. Hey, come on in. Exactly. So that sounds just so, so cool. I, I cannot wait. Uh, Katie Sackhoff will also return as Bo-Katan and they're going to really wrap things up uh, in a, in a really, it sounds like a very satisfying way. Uh, if you look at the, uh, uh, they, they did release a, a, a trailer and I'll come back to, uh, we're not quite done with the seasonal Mandalore, but they do in the trailer. If you look really carefully, there is a scene of a space battle over Coruscant, which tells me, we will see the beginning of Revenge of the Sith in the Siege of Mandalore. I think we will see the end of the Clone Wars. Like, the actual end of the war with the Siege of Mandalore. That that would would make sense. Yeah. The only thing for me, it's the missing piece, is how does Rex, Gregor, and Wolf, and any other clone, realize the chip in their heads and get them out? I I I think that's what we'll see. I think we will see Order sixty six and what all the clones do during the Siege of Mandalore. Well, and and we know that Rex doesn't follow mm-hmm. his orders, but mm, I don't know. I actually just realized that I may be kind of. Um, uh, oh well, he said it. I can't do anything about it now. Um, but do I have to yell spoiler alert? No, no, okay, good. no. Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, ba- but basically, at back at Dragon Con last year, um, there's a, a kid who who shows up all the time, and he actually asked Henry mm-hmm. about um, Wolf, and <laughs> Henry kind of seemed to have slipped a bit and said like, "Oh, he's like I never said that he did it, or you know that he went against his chip or anything like that." Basically, implying that Wolf. Uh, very likely Did. actually yeah, goes through yeah. with Order 66 mm-hmm. and doesn't remove his chip until later. So, so cool. I can't wait. Interesting. I'm so excited for this arc. Like, like <clears throat> Bad Batch is going to be awesome. We've already kind of seen it in an unfinished form. It's going to be cool to see it finished. Mm-hmm. Then Ahsoka on the, you know, on her own, really cool. But then the Siege of Mandalore, I think that's, that's going to be the thing that we are, that we've all been waiting for. All of these years, and, and there, there's still there's still the one thing that I would love to hopefully get answered. And if they answer it in a book form, that's fine. Is once the Clone Wars is over, what are they going to do with the re- with the clone army? Because we know that the stormtroopers going forward are not. Yeah, the clones will probably stick around, well, but they're not really clones in the stormtrooper armor. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they start to phase out the clone troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and and just. You know, as they die or get older and age out of the of the mil- of the of the Grand Army of the Republic, they replace them, or now the you know the Imperial Army, mm-hmm. they replace them with with recruits. Uh, 
Okay, but the other thing about it was, if I remember during Rebels, when you had um, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor on that on the their their Winnebago, um, they were contacted by the Imperials, so they were they still had some kind of Imperial connection before they all three went AWOL. Yeah, it sounds so, like it. Yeah, yeah, and that that's, I mean, again, if it has to be in book form, that's fine, but and if it has to sit there and be that figure it out on your own, that's fine as well. I'd love to get some sliver of what happened to the clones afterward. I, I would love that. I would love yeah. that. I have to say, the, the most emotional moment of the panel had to be during the clip they showed of the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, it wasn't even finished yet. They showed us, uh, what they showed us uh, didn't even have all the final uh, polish. It was still very, it was almost like a story reel quality, uh, what they showed us, which also gives you an idea of how far along in the process they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know this 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 has to be the, near the beginning of the arc, and it's not even close to done. Uh, but the acting was done, and it was it was basically Ahsoka reuniting with Anakin for the first time, mm-hmm. um, and they're walking through. I, I believe it was one of the Republic uh, cruisers. Uh, it could be on Coruscant somewhere. It wasn't exactly clear, um, and they they walk outside and uh, and, and um, I don't remember the exact words the, you, you should you should definitely go see the clip it's in the panel but Ahsoka and Anakin's like basically saying it's good to have her back they walk out and they see a whole um, all, all of the 501st Legion lined up outside as the, you know they walk out these doors and Rex comes up to Ahsoka and says you know, basically walks her back saying, it's good to have you back. When you guys, when we, he says, when they heard that Ahsoka had returned, they quickly put together a tribute for her. And she looks and every single clone trooper has the orange helmet, orange mm-hmm. paint on their helmet from the, oh, awesome. from the post. Yeah. They have their normal blue armor everywhere else, but they're all wearing orange hats in honor of Ahsoka. And I'll admit, I think most people in the crowd were kind of misty eyed when they saw it, even in an unfinished state. It was that's fantastic. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it was an awesome panel. They ended with a a trailer as usual. Um, And again, you know, that's online. It's a little, I'm actually surprised they haven't released the trailer except in the panel. Like they haven't released a cut up on the star Wars YouTube channel, um, which is a little, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point that'll probably come out when it gets closer to, to, Disney Plus launch or something like that. It'll at some point it'll be released. Yeah, because not imagine. like the Mandalorian where they where they actively cut it out of the of the live stream. They left it in the live stream. They just didn't release it separately. But definitely goes mm-hmm. go see it. It starts off with you know scenes of Ahsoka leaving the Jedi in black and white, and then slowly fades into color as she walks away. And we get a bunch of shots, uh, many of which were actually from the clips we saw. So we saw Trace and Rafa again, and Ahsoka. Entering thirteen thirteen, Mace Windu facing off against a bunch of super battle droids and, and other battle droids. Uh, Rex re- reflecting on the deaths of Fives, Echo, and Heavy. We could see a bunch of Pikes down on level thirteen thirteen. Clone Force ninety nine. Um, again, we see a finished actually uh, a clip of Ahsoka reuniting with the five hundred first and their orange helmets. We see Ahsoka get her lightsabers back. Um, uh, Ahsoka on some new planet. It almost looks visually similar to Rhodia, but has a bunch of human guards. Not really sure what planet that is. Uh, Obi Wan and Mace fighting back to back. The return of Admiral Trench. 
Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Bo-Katan and, of course, Darth Maul clad in red Mandalorian armor as, she, as you know, Ahsoka clings to him as they jetpack around and then eventually duel on Mandalore. And, uh, ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Sadly, no release date, which means, it, and if rumors are true, we probably will not see this on Disney Plus until next year. I would imagine that's going to be the case. And if you think about it, you know, the man, the Mandalorian is going to be coming up weekly, being released weekly. So they'll release, mm-hmm. they'll start off on January, oh, sorry, November 12th, right? With Mandalorian. But I'm sure they'll run a few weeks and then they'll need to take a break uh, over like, uh, you know, so the, the holidays. And of course, uh, the Rise of Skywalker will be released. And I think they'll resume. I, I hope they don't do a break with the Mandalorian, but I think they have to. Um, that'll t- anyway, between that and then they'll have, you know, all of the fallout from the rise of Skywalker. I'm sure they'll kind of have a content blackout where they don't do much, um, n- new releases until, you know, February, March, like they typically do, uh, mm-hmm. after a star Wars movie comes out. Uh, and then we'll probably get clone wars in the spring, maybe summer. So, but you know, yeah. It's gotta be a ways away. Michael, your your thoughts on the panel? Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just hitting refresh over and over <laughs> on the Disney Plus website. <laughs> Still gonna, can't give them my money. You're gonna be hitting that for a long time. Uh, you know, and, and you gotta look at it this way. It'll. You've got plenty of time to save up money, so you can stop the refresh and start doing that when it gets to the end of summer. Get your get your pennies together first. I, I have the pennies. Just take them already. Come on, Disney. <laughs> ah, fine. I'll sign up for your email, and you can tell me when I can give you my money. Okay. So, so there you go. How how was other than other than Disney give me my money, uh, or take my money? Uh, what was your thoughts on the panel? Um, I thought it was great. You know, like I said, it's a lot of it. I felt like was stuff that we'd already kind of seen at lower levels of production. So I know a lot of people, you know, got all misty eyed with the, you know, the, the whole thing about them having the Ahsoka helmets and stuff. And it's definitely a heartfelt moment, but to me, it just didn't have that, that gut punch because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I had already seen the scene, uh, just not animated out fully. Um, but I, I mean, you know, that's, don't take that as me being like underwhelmed by any means. I was excited about it. Um, I love the that we're actually getting Maul versus Ahsoka. I thought that was really cool, and I love that you know they they haven't dropped that whole thing about him. He's like, oh, I was expecting Kenobi, you know, like he's he's so um, like one one minded, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam was talking about it, and, and you know, because I know so many people were upset with that episode. Well, okay, I don't want to say so many people, but there was a good number of people when that rebels episode aired, they were upset. And I'm like, no, that was just beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they were so, uh, you know, it was so well thought out and everything. And, and where it may seem like a, um, you know, seem anticlimactic, it really wasn't like, it was exactly the way that it needed to happen. And I think this does a great job to, um, you know, to, to build toward that. Okay. Yeah. So let's, Let's move on to the next big panel, I would say. So, you know, we got the Clone Wars. 
and then there was also a Rebels Remembered panel, right? Yes. yes so William, was... yeah. So who were the like the main the main folks there? Who was the who was the focus on? This one was a, a bit smaller. We had Dave Filoni, Vanessa Marshall, Taylor Gray, and Tia Sarkar. So Hera, Sabine, and Ezra. Uh, and this was a fun panel too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Michael, you weren't there for this panel, so I'll, uh, you know because uh, you were at. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which we'll talk about in just a moment. I'd love to yeah, get your thoughts on the I'd full panel there. Do a gaming podcast. I it was uh, it was so frustrating because they they scheduled the two panels the with a fifteen minute overlap. Uh, and so if you wanted to go to one, you couldn't go to the other. Uh, so I went to Re- Rebels and then at the end rushed over and caught the last half of Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, but you were there for the full thing, Michael. So I want to hear your thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order. Sounds good. Tune in to Cloud City Casino. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Rebels first. Let's, let's, well, start, with, yeah, let's yeah, start, start with Rebels, first, then, yeah. we'll, then we'll move on. Yeah. So the, the format of this panel was a bit more reflective, right? Whereas Clone Wars was very much, there was some reflection, but some looking forward to season mm-hmm. two and a bunch of clips and trailers. This one was just, hey, let's let's sit down and talk with the cast. And uh, and remember and because it's Rebels was such a a, a love you know so many people loved Rebels as well I, mm-hmm. you know it, it was it's a fantastic show I don't think it has quite the um, it's not quite on the level of a Clone Wars but like Clone Wars is really freaking high uh, <laughs> so you know it's it's hard to it's hard to top and it, it's close it is certainly close both panels were packed um, so. I, I got a I got a question for this one when it yeah. comes to uh, Dave Filoni. Did he get into how how long it took him to develop the show and how he was able to you know figure out it was going to be four seasons and how he knew it was going to start and end? That's did, a great. Did question. he have all that planned going into it? Yeah, he, he he was talking about how you know with with Rebels, Dave Filoni knew how to build a Star Wars show from beginning to end much better because mm-hmm. he'd just gone through it with Clone Wars, and so. Unlike with Clone Wars, where they were, you know, he's kind of learning on the job. Uh, with Rebels, he they intentionally uh, started planting seeds early, which they could deliver on later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it kind of allowed him to really set the show up uh, in a, in a nicer way. And of course, he talked about how in season four, he was, you know, obviously Dave Filoni was heavily involved with the entire series, but uh, season four was really when he got even more involved than normal just because of how important it was to to wrap things up Mm -hmm. did he get into like out of all the characters that were developed for the show which was the hardest one they had a problem trying to wrap their heads around Hera Hera he said was was pretty tricky really why was that um she was just you know all all the he's very proud of all the characters but Hera was just a kind of a tricky one to nail and get right you know he he wanted that the Hera's personality she's you know she is kind of the mother of the of the of the crew uh and, and the leader in her relationship with with Kanan um and it was just it, he didn't really provide a specific reason but it was a uh you know it was it was it was just very difficult uh they said uh yeah mm-hmm. Well, I think too. I, I mean, I don't think they would say this, but in my opinion, her her role increased due to seeing the you know the fans uh, 
um, really, you know, gravitate toward her. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the first few episodes, she, she was very much just kind of like the pilot. Um, and, right. But I think so many people, you know, just absolutely loved that character. And I think that they probably were saying, okay, how how do we make her more than just a pilot? Like, what can we do to this character? And, and I... I bet without saying that exactly, that's kind of probably what he was saying. Yeah. Just my opinion. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably it's probably true. You know, Hera's character evolved quite a bit, and in the end, they said they were all very proud of of her. And you know, I think everyone agrees. All of the rebels cast was pretty special, and we we saw the show. This, they didn't talk about this specifically, but we saw the show evolve quite a bit. Where season one was. I'd say a little more Disney than normal, uh, but uh, you know, as as the show went on, it became more and more, uh, more and more Star Warsy. Not that it wasn't before, uh, but it seems but it seems it right now that that's the way these shows, at least Rebels, now going into Resistance, it kind of starts that way. That the first season, we're kind of like, yeah, it's 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 getting its footing, but. Then it starts picking up as the seasons goes on, especially with resistance. We could tell with resistance, it started getting its footing. It was like, yeah, but as soon as it hit that second part of first season, it really hit its stride. So it, it seems like with both of these shows, and it started with Rebels, it, it started a pattern. And hopefully, you know, and it will con- continue with resistance. But, you know, Rebels really showed there was a lot of growth with these characters, and it started and it ended strong. Which made it cool. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such a so, wonderful ending. Speaking of ending strong and <laughs> tear jerking moments and things Go like ahead. that. Uh, do they have anything to say about Kanan and kind of how that all came to be? Yeah, they spent a long time on Kanan and kind of the, the end of the show. Um, Freddie Prince Jr., we, we've heard this story before, but Freddie Prince Jr. was adamant that Kanan had to die. He had to. Um, and throughout the whole series, he kept, every time Dave Filoni would, you know, start to try to keep, you know, Maybe maybe give Kanan a different kind of ending. He'd be like, "No, no, no! You gotta kill him. You have to kill him. Yeah, you gotta stay on track, Dave." <laughs> uh, Interesting. Uh, you know, because because he he knew that was gonna be the best thing for the character. Uh, and you know, Freddie's a huge Star Wars fan, but he really, really, really wanted uh, to make sure that um, that, uh, that that Kanan died, and uh, and and that was important. Uh, it was funny because they were talking about how the the whole cast didn't know that Kanan was going to die. They never, uh, they never told them. And in fact, they recorded some of the episodes out of order. So they did a, a one of the later episodes uh, first. Uh, and, and but before, so they hadn't recorded the episode where Kanan died yet. And the, and Freddie Prince Jr. Wasn't there in the recording booth. And everyone's like, what the heck? Where's Freddie? Like, what's going on? Why isn't he here today? And they're like, Oh, you know, let's just, uh, let's just record. Ah, bah, bah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and it wasn't until the next episode. They're like, Oh, he's dying. That's why he wasn't there last week, you know. Uh, which was kind of, uh, which is you know, it, it, it really shocked them, uh, mm. and and kind of added that emotional punch that they were going for. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same thing with the 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 you know the epilogue for the series, right? Dave Filoni. After they recorded uh, the entire uh, the end of the of the season f- series finale, uh, the whole cast left, and then Dave Filoni pulled Tia Sarkar aside 
and was like, you know, everyone else was going to dinner, right? And he's like, hey, hey Tia, can you can you can you stay for a minute? And uh, she's like, okay. And you know, he 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 pulled out this piece of paper where he'd written the epilogue that you know she voices, and um, and and had her read it basically on the spot, right? uh and like no pressure yeah no no pressure at all it's no only pressure. like you know the epilogue for the entire series and then she had to go join the rest of the cast at dinner and she couldn't say anything uh she wasn't wow. allowed to tell any of them for months and you know some of them like vanessa marshall she's like i knew something was up but did, she did couldn't get into how she was able to keep that secret oh, she said it was so difficult and you know a lot of them kept trying to like uh taylor gray gray kept trying to pry the secret out from her but she was just so honored that she was entrusted with that secret as part of like that you know that trust tree right mm-hmm. um that she worked very hard to make sure no one ever uh no one ever spoiled it you know she was never given a digital copy even dave didn't have an electro- electronic copy of the uh of the end uh <laughs> but you know when when dave pulled her aside initially she was worried that she was in trouble of course you know then, then he, he has her read it and she just starts like sobbing He's like, oh, now, now that you're done sobbing, it's time for you to record. <laughs> yeah, again, no pressure. Yeah, you know, make make it sa- make it sound like you just got this and you didn't cry just two seconds ago. Exactly, Go. exactly, yeah. exactly. Easy. But but part of the reason why he wanted to record it is because Sabine has kind of become the hero voice, right? It was you know Ezra, and it kind of became Ezra and Sabine's story by the end of the the series. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted Sabine to cap it off, and you know they ended the show with Ezra. But the epilogue sets up the future of Sabine nicely. And, you know, Dave was talking about how he loves stories that end with the potential for more in the future. Because part of the fun is imagining what will happen going forward. You know, you want something that wraps things up but doesn't put a too perfect of a bow on it. So so I take it he didn't get into, like, what's next? Just kidding. No. And remember, they were very, very careful. There was nothing going to be announced at this panel. Yeah, they said that multiple times. Like, guys, I know we just announced the show is coming back you know, at Comic-Con shocker, but this is, they're not going to pull Clone Wars here. Um, mm-hmm. Although at one point I thought something was going to happen because um, the panel was, uh, was moderated by a friend of the show, Amy Ratcliffe. And uh, at, at one point, I think there was a mention of, uh, there was like a, uh, there was an extra chair out and there was like a, a brief mention that someone else might be coming, but it w- w- she wasn't actually referring to a person. She was referring to a trailer or a, or a, a, oh. a, a video looking Ooh, back on the series. But for a minute, everyone was like, are we going to get something? Like, I know they said no, but maybe, you know. Um, <laughs> but well, no, we just it, got it a, been funnier a wonderful if chair was out there back. and then Chopper appeared. Like, oh, hey, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but the video was was very nice. Again, nothing new. But, you know, it's mm. just it's it's nice to look back on a series that we all have such fond memories of. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, I take it there's going to be a book coming out for Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Killian Plunkett uh, briefly talked. Uh, they, brief, they briefly talked about the uh, the art of Star Wars Rebels book, uh, which Killian Plunkett has been the driving force behind and include a ton of never before seen concept art uh, this October. And it's just, it looks like an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, mm-hmm. book. Highly recommend, uh, getting it, you know, during the panel, they showed some concept art and storyboards from various episodes like twilight of the apprentice, which 
fun fact was almost set in like a cemetery like environment instead of the ancient temple um and a bunch of other stuff there that they will uh be be showing um interesting and yeah that's that's about it i mean they uh dave floney kind of closed uh the panel by you know i loved listening to dave talk about the force and what star wars is all about and none of this is not necessarily anything new but it's it's always nice to to hear kind of how, how dave thinks of star wars and that's that at the end of the day Star Wars is about being selfless rather than selfish, mm-hmm. right? You have to let go of everything you fear to lose because fear makes you greedy and angry. Anger can be useful, but not when it's used selfishly. And that's what George taught Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of why, you know, the, the Sith, they're, they're greedy and they're, they're angry. And that's why they'll never have, um, you know, what everything they want. Mm-hmm. If if there is a question and answer session at the end, did somebody try and pry out from Dave what happened to Ezra? <laughs> yeah, he's not saying. He okay. he dodged that question so fast, but they did ask it. Uh, but they they it, dodged they dodged that question. So I'm so I take shocked. it, <laughs> and and I take it somebody within his trust tree probably knows the answer. And if that were to come out, then he knows he can't talk to that person ever again. Exactly. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Uh, so no 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 hints to the future of Ezra. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get an, uh, a show about Sabine and Ahsoka going to find Ezra some, someday. Someday. Okay. Um, some of the other questions, obviously, with uh, with Palpatine uh, back in the Rise of Skywalker, there was a question about, could the world between worlds be used to bring the Emperor back to life? Uh, maybe so through like time oh, travel or something. And Dave said, uh, especially the, about you know Palpatine's advisors, and Dave said, no, mm-hmm. they're... You know, the, the Palpatine's advisors can't use the world between worlds. And he also said, he also reiterated that the world between worlds is not time travel. He didn't want to explicitly say what it was. Um, Cause it's not always fun when you reveal everything. Right. Uh, but it, he personally does not believe that it's time travel. Can I just say, it kind of is. I love you, Dave. I love <laughs> you so much, but no, it's time travel. <laughs> it's, okay, but- I, I, I was, uh, let me say, I, I have always said, I'm like, you, Better not bring star, uh, time travel into Star Trek. You or in Star Wars, that's a Star Trek thing. You know, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Star Trek. Yeah, right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a Star Trek thing. Don't do it. No. And then they do it, and I'm like, oh, that was really well done. <laughs> I, I have no well, complaints. I mean, time travels and everything these days, right? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I agree. You know, they they have to do it right. Yeah. And supposedly, at least, this is not time travel. But you know, but it is. Okay. Also, Stephen, <laughs> you'll like. It's- Oh, it's flow walking. <laughs> hey, how about how about the hockey match going on, which is probably what you know Dave started talking about. Yeah. No, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, also, one last thing, Stephen. I know you'll appreciate this. Um, someone asked if the red stripe on the tie interceptor was a reference to Baron Suntir Fell, and Dave Loney said yes. Uh, yes. It was also inspired Excellent. by the ties in the comics. Uh, he walked into a comic shop and saw some ties on a, on a Star Wars comic and. You know, really want it to feel like a prototype ship. So, pretty, oh, love it. That's pretty cool fantastic. stuff. Very nice. And yeah, that's that's it. I mean, it was a again nothing new, nothing shocking necessarily, but it's nice to reflect back on Rebels. So we spent mm-hmm. you know four years covering Rebels and talking about Rebels, and those characters were were so um, near and dear to us. And right. it's nice to be able to kind of reminisce. 
together. And on top of that, they warned everybody going into it that that was going to be the case, that there exactly. was nothing going to be announced. So you kind of had the expectation that that's how the panel was going to be a nice, good reflection and, and, you know, jokes and probably everything else and no spoilers about, you know, uh, about, uh, rebels. So now after that, I'm pretty sure that the next panel d- discussing animation was resistance. Did any, either of you go to that one, the resistance panel? Yeah, we were, uh, Michael and I were both there along with some other people. And Michael, this was your first exposure to Resistance, right? Okay, so Michael, what did you think of Resistance since this was your first exposure to the, oh, hey, exposure wait, wait, wait. to before, the show? Before we get there, oh, okay. who was at the Go panel? Let's, let's start with that okay. so we can kind of set oh, the, I wanted, I wanted, the right expectations. Okay, so well, we'll, we'll yeah, cover the panel, wanted, but I do want to get your like, thoughts on the yes, show. No, no. I, it, we should... Right after this. Okay. Okay. Right after this message. No. Um. So we uh, uh, on the panel were Justin Ridge, Athena Portello, Brandon Almond, uh, from the the crew. Uh, you know, d- directors and uh, producers, etc. Uh, and of course, uh, on the cast side, we had Christopher Sean, who plays Kaz, Susie McGrath, uh, Scott Lawrence, Myrna Velasco, Donald Faison, and Bobby Moynihan. Uh, so. Uh, pretty decent uh number of the the cast all on stage and i would think when it came to this panel just getting watching donald Faison, i think at the one uh we went to the rebels one right that he was in the back of the theater going crazy i would think he would not miss this panel he would be the one that would be up there at this panel as soon as they said we were doing a resistance panel he was probably the first one in line to say i'm there speaking of going crazy tom well um, (laughs) (laughs) perfect segue he was certainly the first one in the audience. He and Bobby okay. Moynihan were running up and down the aisles in in the crowd. Yeah, that's cool. Just like yeah, high fiving everyone. Cool. They were having a grand old time. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. He he dove first and started doing it, and then Bobby's like, "Oh, are we doing this? Cool!" And then he started going, and then he seemed to start regretting it a little bit afterwards because <laughs> I think he tuckered himself out a bit. Uh, but, it was, it yeah. was, a it was great. I mean, it was it was an awesome way to start everything off, and it felt organic. Organic. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking on a, a cough drop. I'm getting over being sick. Uh, it felt organic. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I I thought it was a great, you know, for me, someone who has no idea what to expect from the show, and and I'll be, even be honest and say that I, I've heard very little. Um, I don't want to say positive, but, you know, very little like glowing review of the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of going into that, I'm like, oh, this is this is fun. Like, cool. I, I can't wait to see like what else you got. This this looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that- I think, you know, the the show's improved a lot. And, you know, I think fans might be a little bit too hard on it. Um, you know, and it was kind of unfortunate because this panel was on the last day of celebration on, on a Monday when most people have left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't in one of the bigger rooms. It was in one of the small rooms. Uh, was it not so small? Crowd? It was the, sorry, the Galaxy stage was still pretty big. And I yeah, was actually pleasantly surprised. One, it? it was, you're right, it's in the second biggest one. It wasn't like on the scale of like a Clone Wars panel. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was, you know, the same room as Rebels. And they actually, uh, for being on a Monday, it had a great turnout. So I was yeah, a little worried. It was, it was a Very pretty good. packed crowd. I, I was worried. Especially for a Monday, especially for yeah. a show that doesn't seem to be as popular as some of the others well it's unfortunate because it's not really in the it's not really in the discussion all that much you don't hear people right. talking about the right. latest episodes of resistance uh mm-hmm. there's, there's a small uh community 
uh, the talks about it, but it's not quite as. Yeah. It wasn't on the mural. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They had a beautiful mural. Beautiful mural of all the films and then uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a little sad. No. Actually, that's one of my favorite artists. I have three pieces looking at me right now. That's Jason Palmer who did the art. He was he was um, very, very good. Yeah. And the one thing I saw, and, and not to, to tangent from that, but to go back to Rebels for a bit, when I was looking at his human characters, God, Thrawn looked like Pierce Brosnan. That's because it was. <laughs> okay. We were talking about that. Thrawn looks exactly like Pierce Brosnan on that on that mural, but which which I could I could see if they did a live action he would be perfect but back to the resistance panel so when it came to Justin Ridge mm-hmm. um did did he get into why Dave picked him and entrusted him to like take the show and lead it going forward did did Dave just put everything together give it to him and say you know I trust you and and move forward with this my my prodigy in, in many ways yeah i mean um you know Justin Ridge he he worked on um uh, some of the the previous Star Wars shows, mm-hmm. and he's you know done a great job. And with this one, Dave Filoni kind of came up with the the high level concept, and then really handed it over to Justin Ridge to to run with it. And I suspect that's because you know Dave's been busy working on the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. you know little bits and pieces Whatever. on. Uh, Whatever other secret projects. Solo, exactly. I I still think they're working on another animated series telling you i think there's gonna be a follow-up to rebels but anyway um only speculation people we have no clue only speculation um but really you know yeah they kind of like to say dave's involved the show a lot and he does still provide guidance but he's it's pretty evident he's not really involved the show he wasn't even on the panel this is the first star Mm -hmm. wars animation panel we've ever had that dave filoni was not on um and it wasn't like they had you know another panel that he had to be at during that time uh, he may have even left. I don't know if he was still in Chicago. So, um, it just kind of is obvious that Dave's not involved. Um, but you know, Justin was talking about how he was honored when Dave was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna entrust you with the keys to the show and kind of mm-hmm. and lead it uh, while he was working on other things." And uh, it was a big deal for him. But he was mm-hmm. really uh, excited uh, to have the opportunity. Um, it was interesting that the show. Uh, we talked about that this little bit a few minutes ago, but um, you know the I think the show it's it's safe to say the show was a little had a little bit of a bumpy start. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, you know and, and that's okay, and, and they've improved so much; it's been so good now. Uh, but they they talked about how the tone went through a huge transformation after the mid season, and even Christopher Sean, who plays Cass, said, said the show really found its footing and became more compelling mm-hmm. uh, after the mid season. And that's when, you know, cause that's when Cass kind of had to, uh, to learn how to, how to grow up. And Scott Lawrence, who plays Yeager said that the show really turned into, he feels that the show really turned into star Wars once they had a common foe to fight against as a team mm-hmm. in the, the second half of the season, well, I, really once the first order. I see that. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see it. And I, I think it, it really showed when, and I remember when we did a review when when the races got canceled on the Colossus, you knew at that point the show changed yeah. because the whole purpose of the show was racing. And then at that point, because a common foe comes up and says, we're doing it because you know we don't trust our pilots, there's going to be an accident, blah, 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 blah. As soon as racing stopped, the show went a total left turn and took off. 
Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, you know, it was, it's just, we know that as, as fans, but it's, it's, right. it's it was, uh, surprising, I guess, to hear the cast talk about that on stage and basically admit that they personally thought the show was significantly better once they got into the mid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you don't usually, yeah, you don't not. usually hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, they're not wrong. And I think the show really has found its own, you know, gotten into its, gotten its stride and is, uh, really accelerating, uh, toward season two. So I think that's, um, they've, they've got a lot of really good stuff mm-hmm. set up, but, uh, but more on season two in a little bit. Well, when it comes to the voice actors, is there anybody there who, who is opposite of their character that kind of is like, let's say is like, a a clown or something when it comes to, you know, their incessions and stuff. Believe it or not, Jason Hightower, Captain Doza is He's clearly a very straight faced, you know, no nonsense <laughs> kind of person, right? No, not at all. He's actually the class clown. He's and he's he and he and uh, Mirna Velasco joke around a lot, which is great because they have a, you know, their father daughter on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jason is the one where like he's there he's like derailing their uh, the recording sessions and oh jeez uh, did they bring up an example uh, not a specific story but um, but you know they're they're constantly uh, joking around you can see that the, the cast has a great um, rapport and a great uh, dynamic uh, you know like uh, hype um, uh, uh, Donald Faison. and Susie McGrath uh, Tam were joking back and forth about how you know hype and tam aren't friends anymore and Mm -hmm. uh, kind of giving each other a hard time and uh or you know they're talking about how kaz is the hero of the show but kaz wouldn't be kaz without the rest of the team and christopher sean jumps in and says like except for tam you know uh they're you know they've got a good they've got a a a really good dynamic Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course and uh uh-huh myrna's my favorite how, how come she was just so animated and fun during the whole thing. Like, yeah. first off, she has her like cute little uh, jumpsuit that was very much um, like in the style of her uh, her character. You know, it's it was a red jumpsuit, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like, mm-hmm. it, it had her little uh, her her character uh, Tora's. Maybe it was her number, and you know, basically like her her uh, racing ship mm-hmm. on it, and you know, she had like the legs rolled up, and she's she's a tiny woman anyway, and she's got the little buns in the back, you know, and she's getting all excited and like jumping up and down and <laughs> like you know punching the air and stuff, and I don't know, I just I always like that kind of energy, like it's always fun, like oh this person's just super excited, you know they they're they're ready to have fun, so it makes me want to have fun, so I thought she was awesome. Very me, cool. Me too. Uh, it, yeah, it was. She, she, the whole cast, I think, is is just great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they were also talking about how Yeager has a very interesting backstory and how, you know, they're originally worried. Like Jason um, uh, Scott Lawrence was originally worried that he'd be an old grumpy character that no one would like, and just been blown away by the reception the character has received. Well, he is a good character. Out of out of all of them, I oh, think yeah. we we discussed that he was the one. I gravitated to first before my secondary character showed up. Well, your favorite Tom, Tom, they made, they, they brought up your favorite character. Yay. Al. Uh, Bobby Moynihan is joking that Al, uh, the old guy at the bar is, uh, is actually Orca's drunk uncle. Nice. Nice. I'll drink, to, drink to that. <laughs> that, was, that was well done, Tom. 
Thank you. That wasn't Thank you acting. Very much. No. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Here's here's a great question. When when it got down to the season finale, were any of the crew surprised that at some point the Colossus was actually going to leave the planet and become a spaceship? Spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it. No, um, but uh, no, they all they always and, and in decent condition, by the way. Uh, the, the 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 they all the the cast didn't really know, uh, but the crew it was always in the plan that mm. the Colossus would eventually take off. And they talked about how the ship's been down there a long time, and you know it's not really in perfect condition. Um, but they're talking about how you know the the ending was just kind of a a, a perfect. Uh, they're they're finally able to start tying all these threads together mm-hmm. you know it, it, also in the finale you know tam goes on this tremendous emotional journey especially in the last half of the season you know she's she's kind of down on her luck trying to rebuild her life and you know this, this kaz comes along and she's kind of threatened by him at first but they become good friends and uh, and then all of a sudden she starts being left out of the loop and mm-hmm. when she finally you know finds out what's going on she feels betrayed and which that leaves her cre- questioning everything uh and it's just it is really an incredible um, uh, arc for her character, uh, one that's really, really exciting. And um, they talked about how, you know, when when Tam makes her big decision in the series finale, season finale, sorry, uh, everyone was emotional in the recording booth. In fact, for um, for the for for a, the last couple of episodes, they even separated Susie McGrath from the rest of the the cast while they were recording. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what when she was oh, wow. separated from them in the show they they kind of basically put them at different recording times and you know they kind of missed their friend uh interesting and so when Susie was back in the in the booth with them there was kind of this tension or this awkwardness because they'd been separated for so long mm-hmm. uh and it's, just, it's always fun to see how they how they use these you know tricks in some ways uh to to kind of make the story feel the, the voice acting even more realistic mm-hmm. when when it comes to going into season two did they touch on anything about maybe exploring more of tam's backstory um you know any kind of glimpses like first order empire type thing going next yeah so we'll see a lot more of uh you know the major events in the galaxy. That's part of the fun of the show is how it's, you know, it's set far from major events in the galaxy, making explore mm-hmm. things from different perspectives, like how, you know, Tam's grandfather worked for the empire and maybe not everyone realizes how, the, how evil the empire and the first order is. But now going into season two, uh, they're really able to kind of show us some of these, you know, uh, bigger moments, uh, just like force awakens took place, uh, sorry, uh, Last Jedi took place immediately after The Force Awakens. Season mm-hmm. two will pick up immediately, immediately after uh, where we left off uh, with season one. So there won't be a time jump at mm-hmm. all. Uh, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't confirm if we'll see any moments from The Last Jedi, though. Uh, we'll, Interesting. We'll, we'll kind of see how long. You know, as we know, they're they're on their way to. Uh, you know, they, they, they leave the Colossus just as um, the Starkiller base uh, is firing, right? Uh, right. But we don't know. You know, there's, some, there's a little bit of time after Hosnian Prime is blown up 
while, you know, Ray and everyone are on Takadana before they get to Dakar and then go attack the attack Starkiller base and Starkiller base is blown up and then start then they you know the first order has to fly to Dakar to attack the resistance. So there's a little bit of time where they can have some other stories in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see when season two premieres. Okay. And the most exciting part, yes. they actually showed us the season two premiere, the first okay. episode. So, 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 so to piggyback on that, I'm not going to ask for spoilers because I no, kind of no, no. don't know, but, but, but Michael, now that you got to see the premiere of season two, do you think you're going to be following uh, resistance from this point forward? Did you like this panel? What were your overall thoughts? I did. And you know, the, the thing is you'd probably think like, Oh my God, you're starting on season two without seeing any of season one. I actually followed it just fine. You know, mm-hmm. and and a big part of that was because in the panel they were discussing season one. You know, yeah. so they they <laughs> gave you enough of of everything that had happened to to have an idea for uh, you know to, to have like a synopsis of season one, right? Which you didn't you didn't need a ton really, and then the rest you pick up watching that first episode of season two. So it I wasn't at all lost during the whole thing. I was able to kind of pick stuff up pretty easily um so you know yeah. i mean that that was that was cool and i really enjoyed the, that first episode of season two and i've since went back and watched the first i think five or six episodes of season one oh, so i'm not awesome. quite caught up but I'm, I'm pretty close what have you thought so far your, your 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 thoughts on those episodes is those are those are out you can talk about them i you know i enjoyed them like i i there's times where I'm like, ah, this could have been done, you know, a little differently. Uh, maybe this was just, you know, a touch over the top, but as a whole, I I've not had much, uh, issue with them. You know, it's, it, it was a lot of what I expected from the show. Um, you know, I, I expected a lot of, of racing and, you know, some resistant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could it maybe have been, each individual episode covered like, you know, X amount of racing and then X amount of, uh, you know, resistance espionage maybe, but Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's the, uh, the joy of being able to binge it. So yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. And like I said, I've enjoyed the episodes I've seen so far. Nothing's really been like, Oh God, it's slogging (laughs) through. You just, you know, like, I've I've had fun with it. I I just there's been so much with uh, Game of Thrones and you know getting back from Chicago, being sick, having to get mm-hmm. caught up at work. Uh, in I'm sorry, not Infinity War, but uh, Endgame just coming out. You know, so it's just like yep. playing catch up on everything. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't gotten fully caught up, but it's still five episodes you know, is pretty good. You made pretty good progress. Yeah, I mean yeah, apparently I haven't got to the you know the quote unquote good episodes yet. So <laughs> I I look forward to that. <laughs> the episode yeah. after Bebo, that's where things start getting really really interesting. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, I'm glad. I'm right. really glad to hear that. That's exciting. Um, and I'm looking forward to. We're, we're looking forward to hearing more about your journey through Resistance. And I'm glad it. I'm glad it convinced you to go watch the show. Hopefully, uh, more people will be will, will join as well. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to one of the other big panels, and we started talking about it, and then you know, Michael, we rudely interrupted you. So, going back to 
Jedi Fallen Order. Tell mm-hmm. us, what was it like? How was it? Worth going to? So, guys, there's a game coming out, and it's called Jedi Fallen Order. No. It's okay. totally happening. Um, so, I, I wasn't 100% sure what to expect, although I, I kind of called it, I didn't think they were going to show us any gameplay, and they didn't per se. However, they did state that all the um, everything that, that we did see, um, like all the footage, was actually rendered uh, like with the game Indeed. engine that yeah. they're using. So mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it all goes with that or whatever. But that's, I'm not like I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting off to a bad start. I think. I think I'm. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> being like. Eh, you, you sound know, like you're we'll hating see. on the game, Michael. I mean, Tell, tell us more about this game. So, I mean, uh, all right. So, so I did a bad job about, you know, hyping it up. So, so let me explain <laughs> how it come across to me. Cause I think this will probably hype it up. It's basically sounds a lot like the, um, uh, force unleashed meets like Jedi outcast. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Okay. That that's, uh, how a lot of it feels uh it's you know they mentioned multiple times that this is a game that you know it's obviously it's a single player game there is no multiplayer um function for it you know no settings where you can go online and play against other people anything like that you know they said no mi- microtransactions mm-hmm. and of course everyone's like woo it's like yay thanks for doing that thing that you should do <laughs> um but uh you know it's that's cool and all. They, they they mentioned that it's going to be you know that, that a big part of the game is the fight, uh, you know the actual like fighting mechanics of it, which makes me think a lot of like say, um, maybe God of War or like the Batman, uh, Arkham's you know Arkham City, Arkham Knight games, whichever ones of those. Mm-hmm. So I you know I think that. I think it's going to be really cool, actually. And and they gave us a lot of information. Mm-hmm. It, it has a lot of tie-in with uh, Charles Soule's um, uh, uh, Darth Vader comics, which is really cool. Interesting. The, yeah, the main villain is going to be uh, the second sister. And, of course, she's going to have her purge troopers. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, and again, not to be confused with the other sister, seventh sister we saw in Clone and Rebels, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see the second sister and the Purge Troopers. They look really, really cool, uh, and uh, of course, the the protagonist is Padawan Cal Kestis, played by Cameron Monaghan, and he's a Jedi pupil on the run from the Inquisitors. Yep. And I I haven't watched it, but. Um... I was talking to you know my co-host on Cloud City Casino. Nate mentioned that he's the Joker on Gotham. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought like I didn't see something about that. And and we did see him like in the mocap suit too, so that was kind of cool. I mean, obviously he did have a stunt double doing some stuff, but uh, we did see him you know doing some of his stuff, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, and they they mentioned the the lightsaber is going to be upgradable. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they didn't say it exactly in that line, so but they kind of sort of did. <laughs> how, how did they explain that the lightsaber is going to be upgradable? 
they really didn't. So basically <laughs> what, what was said was he said, oh, well, you know, like the character, the lightsaber is going to evolve as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, David Collins was like, wait, so you're saying that we're going to see like this lightsaber evolve and change. He's like, I said what I said. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they didn't go into detail, but it sounds pretty cool. And, you know, it's because with uh, the Force Unleashed 2, you could actually change out your blade colors and stuff. And the different colors would actually give you different abilities. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's going to be, um, you know, that, but taking taking a step further. I hope so. Yeah, this this just sounds like it does sound a lot like the, the Star Wars game I've we've want I've wanted for a while. You know, a really great single player game with a, a really good story. I mean, it, it's it takes place during the dark times, but they said there's still kind of elements of joy and the uh, the story is actually written by Matt Mcnovitz, who wrote the Clone Wars and Rebels. I was going to say that oh, name fantastic. sounded very familiar. Yeah, yeah, and they spent uh, Respawn uh, Studios. The developer spent over a year just trying to get the story and the world and the premise and the characters right. Um, they have a really great team too. Um, they had uh, director uh, Stig Asmussen worked on God of War. Of course, uh, Vince Zampella, the studio head, uh, created Call of Duty, and they have a bunch of other industry vets, including producer Kasumi Shishido and narrative lead Aaron Contreras, who worked on Bioshock Infinite. Um, and they have, you know, veterans of Uncharted and the Batman Arkham games, uh, Bioshock, as I mentioned, Metal Gear, Titanfall, Call of Duty, God of War, and more. Um, so they really have assembled <laughs> that's, a, an A+. That's so team, funny you know, that you, you mentioned team. that. Like I said, I, I didn't realize that they'd worked on that, um, you know, when I said that earlier. But so that's yeah. good because it sounds like the vibe that I'm getting is exactly what we're probably going to get. That is exactly it. I mean, again, the director, he worked on God of War. So it's right. definitely going to be then God you said of War. The Arkham games. Yep, the Arkham games. Yeah. So, like, just because you have the people doesn't mean it's going to be exactly like those games, but that's no, some but pretty good talent. Sure. That's some pretty yeah. good talent. Uh, mm-hmm. And they said it's going to be an action melee game. So it's going to have thoughtful, con- what they call thoughtful combat. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're not an expert, uh, you don't, you know, you can still get through the game. Uh, it won't be a button masher, uh, but you kind of have to size up your your enemies and have this visceral, visceral one on one combat. So it's gonna be easy to pick up, but very deep if you wanna if you wanna master it. Uh, and and keep in mind too, um, you know, the Force Unleashed games were absolutely God of War clones. Yeah, and and I don't say that disparagingly. Like they, that's the one thing I've always said is that. Uh, you know, the Star Wars games of the past, they said, hey, what's awesome? Cool. Let's do a Star Wars version of it. And they did it usually well, not yeah. all yep. the time, but usually mm-hmm. well. And, and that was one of them. So I think that, it, you know, don't for anybody who may be, you know, more casual or whatever, if they're like, oh, I don't know about, you know, the combat, you know, if you were able to pull off uh, Force Unleashed, you're probably going to be pretty good with this, too. Yeah. Steven, Sweet. you're a big gamer. Interest on Jedi Fallen Order. Sorry, what you was said it? Steven. Did you say Steve? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not the in this group, I'm not the gamer. <laughs> so uh, I'm just it sounds cool. Looks great. The three, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Michael, you, Steven and I, we play a lot of games. So yeah. curious to get your I mean, thoughts, I'm, Steven. I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous, I would say, to some degree. Uh I would have loved to have seen some gameplay mm-hmm. uh kind of at some point. Uh trailer looked good, but kind of generic in some ways too. Um, but I I don't know. I'm excited for it. Like I 
it comes out later this year. I'm sure we'll see a gameplay trailer to E3, and that'll be the moment that it's like, yep, I'm now 100% sold. Okay, All the well, pieces look, are there for now. I, I'm going to take the stance for being the non-gamer, but look at it this way. With some of the trailers that have come out from Star Wars, they're not saying anything. I mean, look at the trailer for, you know, the 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 episode uh, Rise of Skywalker. Really didn't say much. What? No, it did. What? What? Sorry. What? Okay, look it. <laughs> it said some... the emperor is back. Deal with it. Okay, fine. Okay, that, that, okay, that says that's it all. a lot. That's a lot, but it doesn't say the total plot of the movie. No, is no, it a no. force echo? Is it a porg? Is all it somebody right, else? We, hey, we don't if know. If you want to hear our it's thoughts on together. the episode nine trailer, go <laughs> listen to the previous episode of the Iron Cannon podcast. Okay, great. But anyway, but uh, I, I think you know for for a trailer like this. It, the the gameplay footage will come. Let's say Comic Con it'll show up, or or the next you know gaming convention. I, I think it was fine. I, the graphics look gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah. one of the the difficult things about games is that you know you can have a great trailer, but it can be a terrible game. Um, True. But but I I have you know while while we didn't see actual gameplay, and sometimes that's a worrying thing. Um, you know uh, this far out, I think it's okay. And the the level of talent in that studio is is high enough that I think, um, I think they're going to do the right thing and, and make a a, a a really good uh, game. Uh, interestingly, it does use Unreal Engine, not Frostbite, like most EA games, or Source, like Apex Legends Respawn's last game, and then really the only the the only other EA game in recent memory to break the Frostbite mold. Uh, so if you're a big, if you're into you know video game engines and the the you know the tech behind it and all, sometimes the drama, um, it is interesting <laughs> yeah, that they're using Unreal, which I'm I'm fine with because I actually really like the Unreal Engine personally. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, a few other story Agreed. details before we move on. Uh, Padawan Cal Kestis, uh, he works for the Scrapper Guild, salvaging the wreckage of fallen capital ships in the aftermath of the Clone Wars on the planet Baraka. And uh, as you hear in the trailer, his personal mantra is never stand out, accept the past, and trust no one, and most importantly, never reveal your Force powers. Um, he will, uh, throughout the story, he will eventually meet uh, Seer, uh, played by Deborah Wilson, a mysterious Jedi Knight who's, always, who's also been in hiding. And her relationship with Cal isn't your traditional Master Padawan relationship, but she does mentor him in some way. And he'll be accompanied by a companion droid named BD-1, which is actually based on Aaron Contreras' dog. Uh, and the, the BD, BD is uh, voiced by, by Ben Burt and kind of styled after a mini ATST and has like interesting. And it's actually a couple of things you've seen in Star Wars. His head looks like a pair of uh, macro binoculars. That's true. Like an ATST with yeah. macro binoculars on top. <laughs> well, and, and also, even though it's like very much ATST legs, they have um, like a astromech droid styling on the sides. Yeah, that's true. I'm actually looking at the pin right now, <laughs> which we'll we'll mention in a moment. I'm sure. Yeah, you, they, 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 you guys got free tchotchkes? Yeah, oh, they oh, yeah. mentioned had tchotchkes everywhere. Oh, they, they well, were, especially this one. This I would panel. say has the best. Yeah, uh, Michael, you want to tell everybody what we got? Yeah, so we got a. Uh, it was three pins and and very nice enamel pins. Um, we got one for BD one, one for the Purge Troopers, and then one for the uh, uh oh goodness uh second sister and then we also got a really nice poster 
as well as the um, the Microsoft uh, for their their Xbox Live uh-huh. uh, one yep. month free. Yeah. So we got a code for that. Okay, and and to sit here and be a guy who's going to be going to Celebration 2020, I hope that's the same amount of tchotchkes that's going to be there. I suspect they will. They did a really nice job this time with most nice. of the channels. I so. come back with free stuff because yeah. I am cheap. Anyway. <laughs> that's the reason to go. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, a couple of attendees I also got like a whole an Xbox One X uh uh, I think a year of Xbox Gold, Live Gold, a backpack, and a water bottle. Uh, two two different attendees. Wow. So they were, they were like really giving away a bunch of stuff. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, I, I can't wait. Jedi Fallen Order looks so good. Hopefully, we'll get more details at E3. I'm sure we will. So for the next game that's coming out, this Vader Immortal, did they give anything at that panel that sounded as cool as this one for the Fallen Jedi? No giveaways. Um, no giveaways. No, but this panel sounds. This this, wait, wait, this wait, game wait. sounds. Really you mean good too. what do you mean no giveaways? They like they gave away. Oh, a poster? you're right. I'm sorry. There was a poster. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sorry. On, there was. So to be fair, there was actually three different, two different panels and a hands-on demo for the for Vader Immortal. So they were really hyping it up. There was a panel all about Vader Immortal. Um. There was a another panel on ILM X Lab. Um, mm-hmm. which creates Vader Immortal plus other things like Secrets of the Empire. And then they had a, a Vader Immortal booth where you could actually go try it. The lines were quite long, uh, but we had an opportunity to 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 play with it and step into okay. the world of Vader Immortal. So so let's start this way. Since you actually were able to have gameplay with this, start with the gameplay. How did this work for you guys? Was it worth it? I think it's really cool. So kind of to set the stage, um, Vader Immortal is a VR game uh, coming to the Oculus Quest, uh, which launches uh, sometime this spring. So probably in the next month or so, uh, the the Oculus Quest is supposed to launch. And it, uh, unlike the Oculus Rift right now, Oculus Quest does not require a PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, only, it'll be about $3.99 and, uh, and you'll be able to pick up Vader Immortal for it. Uh, and experience, kind of step into the world of Star Wars in your living room. And I'll be honest, I wasn't planning on getting an Oculus Quest until I tried Vader Immortal. And now I will buy it day one. Um, basically, what they're doing is, yeah, I mean they they have there 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 are going to be three episodes of Vader Immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode one will be a launch title with the Oculus Quest, and then the next two will be released at some point in the future. Um, and uh, kind of focus on different aspects of Star Wars. Uh, episode one focus on lightsabers. Episode two will focus on force abilities, etc. Mm-hmm. And each one's about forty-five minutes to an hour. But okay. the story itself sounds really cool. It takes place uh, on Mustafar in Darth Vader's um, <clears throat> Darth Vader's castle, his hideout. And uh, you play a smuggler who's been pulled out of hyperspace and dragged to meet Vader. Uh, played by actually Resi- Star Wars Resist- Resistance's Scott Lawrence. Um, Interesting. Very nice. Yeah. Very you, cool. You will get up close and personal with with Vader, and uh, and eventually ha- it sounds like have to try to escape uh, Vader's castle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I mean, again, you're you're in that world, so it's it's pretty it's pretty terrifying. Um, and the story takes place a few days after Secrets of the Empire. If you played that at Disneyland or Disney World, uh, in it there's this artifact you have to retrieve, and yep. that artifact will play a role in this game. 
Very um, interesting. So yeah, so we, we got a it was about a ten minute demo or so, ten mm-hmm. ten, fifteen minute demo. And uh basically you put the you put the headset on and uh you step into uh Vader's castle, right? And uh you get to to meet a couple different characters and then Darth Vader walks up. And I have to say it's pretty intimidating. You know, you know you're in a game. But because so, you know, for those of you who haven't played VR before, like a VR game, everything you, everywhere you look, every uh, is you know in the world. Right? You can turn mm-hmm. your head, you can move a little bit. And there's only so far you can move. You're in like a I don't know six by six box, foot mm-hmm. box or something. Um, but oh boy, it is intimidating when Vader walks up. So, so hang on. So William, question for you. Yeah. Uh, so we've done the uh, Star Wars VR experience at yep. uh, I'm blanking on what it's called Disneyland uh, Empire. Yeah. That Disneyland, that's that's Disney. other places yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, why am I blanking on what that's Secrets called? Secrets of the Empire. Thank you. Uh, how did this compare to kind of? I mean, obviously Secrets of the Empire, you walk around, so it's a kind of more freeform VR. Uh, but how did this compare in terms of fidelity and you know interactivity? I guess is the word I would probably use. Yeah. So in the, I was concerned when I saw the trailer because the fidelity didn't look great in the trailer but when you put it on it's actually really good um the fidelity was 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 excellent um and uh i think secrets of the empire and vader mortal each have their pros and cons Mm -hmm. the thing i love i absolutely love about secrets of the empire is that it's very tactile right um you get in this room for those of you who haven't played it you get in this room you put on the headset and you're actually doing it in co-op with three other friends which makes it a little bit less personal almost right because you're joking around with your friends and having fun yeah. it's not you're not quite as immersed uh, but it's also adds this really fun co-op element and you're going through and you know you can there's like a r2 unit there and you reach out and you can touch the r2 unit because someone put like a r2 unit doesn't actually move but you know they put like a, a a box with a curved dome on top you know there that you can you feel like you're touching r2 and it looks mm. like you're touching r2 in the game right same thing with the k2so um, or you walk out and you you grab a lever and you pull the lever and a door opens, right? You actually grip that lever. Uh, even if in the real world, it's just like a metal lever. There's like nothing mm. styling that makes it look like Star Wars. In the game, it looks like Star Wars and you get the smells and the heat and it's, so it's very tactile. And you actually do move between rooms. It's really just like one or two, maybe three different rooms in Seekers of the Empire that you're going back and forth between because you're turning and you're doing all these other things. They've 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 tricked you in such a way that you think you're actually exploring this ba- ma- large place. Uh, Vader Moore is a little different, right? It it um, it's not as big, right? You can, you don't really walk around as much. You can move a bit, but uh, you're still within this like six by six space, mm-hmm. uh, maybe ten by ten. I don't know the exact dimensions. Uh, just enough you can kind of move around a bit, but not a ton. Uh, and it kind of would fit in your living room, let's say, um, and you don't actually like if you want to reach out and touch something that it's not there, right? Uh, it's just your your room because because it's it's at home. Where versus Secrets of the Empire is more of this attraction like experience. This is in the comfort of your living room, but you're really immersed in it. You get more of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you know forty five minutes to an hour instead of fifteen minutes with Secrets of the Empire. Um, they they tie into a lot of things like the Darth Vader comics. Uh, there's a bunch of characters we actually get to learn about the Mustafarians and their culture. Um, so there's a lot of uh, it, it's it's much more cinematic, I would say, than Secrets of the Empire. 
and they did a pretty good job where you know you grip the, the oculus quest controllers and so you can still press a button and ignite the lightsaber and and all that stuff so you know i i I go back and forth on like which one's my favorite because Vader more is much more personal and cinematic while Seekers of the Empire is a little more social, but I guess, yeah, tactile. I and mean, mm-hmm. they're able to kind of put more tricks in there to make you think you're in a Star Wars universe. I've got a really yeah, quick question. Awesome. I've got a really quick question on this. You're saying that it's only three episodes. Yep. Um, how is it for replayability? That's the big thing. Because yeah. if you only get three episodes... And right now you're going to have one that's releasing when this hits, you know, right when it releases and you have no idea when the next two are coming. How is that first episode good for playability, replayability? It's a good question because, you know, you're, you're looking at $400 plus, presumably there'll be, you know, the price of the game on top of that. Right. Um, that, um, you know, uh, and that, and for three ninety nine, right? Um for for this you know three hours of content but they do include this other thing called a lightsaber dojo uh which lets you fight training remotes and attack droids with you know your lightsaber or lightsaber like weapons mm-hmm. um so you'll have a lightsaber sorry and the attack droids have these weapons that are kind of like lightsabers more like training lightsabers uh and fun fact pablo hidalgo actually voices the training droid in here um but yeah there's a lightsaber dojo and you can practice and i got to try that as well um and you know you kind of do feel like luke right you're trying to like it's kind of hard to because the Mm. the training remotes are all around you so you're looking you're turning um you know turning around uh trying to find the training remotes and you know bouncing the the lightsaber blast back Um, Mm. but it's it's a lot of fun uh so i think that will add a lot more replayability that section though that there's actually like a, a a cheat code command Oh, is but there? If, I did not. I did yeah, not try that. If you if you uh, if you ask, is this canon? Then it will self destruct. <laughs> really? I'm okay. just kidding. Oh my no. god! <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't Sorry. put it past them because you know, Secrets <laughs> of the Empire. You know, if you stranger things bad happen. Joke. If you <laughs> shoot, then, if you shoot a panel uh, in Secrets of the you. Empire, right? It just lets you continue on. And I we'll see if they have things like that as as well. So, which, which if I remember correct. And if you do it with your friends, if somebody's behind you yelling, shoot the panel, shoot the panel, just shoot the panel. Exactly. exactly. Thank you, William. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, there'll be some other characters in the game. Zoe three played by Maya Rudolph is the player's sidekick and essentially the voice of the player since you have a silent protagonist. Um, and then uh, Admiral Carius is voiced by Steve Blum. And uh, of course, you know, um, Zeb from rebels and as an Imperial Admiral with like a robotic arm and half of a f- robotic face. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talked about how this game tries to combine elements of film, games, and rides all into into one experience. And it was really cool. Again, you know, when Vader walks up and, you know, he's he's like just very tall and imposing. And if you step back, he'll step forward again. You step back again and he steps forward. It's like, whoa, I can't really get away from Vader. It's really cool. Interesting. Really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to playing Vader Immortal when it comes out. Again, a little pricey, but if you're getting an Oculus Quest, um, you might as you know might as well. An Oculus Quest is much easier to set up. It looks like than the Rift, which required a full PC and you know sensors all over your room and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's it for Vader so Immortal. after uh, I was gonna 
so after the um, that, was there any kind of news coming out from actual books like Lucas Publishing, Del Rey? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff coming forward. Um, how are those panels and what's coming next? Yeah, so they had three panels on the books uh lucasfilm publishing delray uh panel and a writer's roundtable panel plus like a marvel panel marvel mm-hmm. comics panel as well um but they didn't really reveal all that much it felt like they were saving a bunch of stuff like they either re- recently announced things or they maybe they'll be announcing stuff in the future so it's kind of light on the book front unfortunately mm-hmm. um uh, they they did release uh, <clears throat> Master and Apprentice during Celebration or the day after Celebration. People could go buy it during Celebration, though. Um, and again, Master and Apprentice is fantastic. We'll be reviewing that very soon on the podcast. Um, uh, and but they talked about some of the you know some, a lot of nonfiction books like Be More Leia. Uh, mm-hmm. There are fewer fiction books. Uh, I did get a chance to go to the publishing panel. I was also disappointed. A lot of the publishing panels, the book panels, were in conflict with. Uh, the the some of the larger panels, which was unfortunate, but mm-hmm. um, the publishing panel had uh, Michael Sig- Siglin from Lucasfilm, as well as uh, authors Christian Blavelt, friend of the show, of course, um, uh, Jeffrey Brown, Zarita Cordova, Delilah Dawson, Alexander Freed, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, E.K. Johnson, Timothy Zahn, and Jennifer Hill, and they announced that Justina Ireland will be uh, she she wrote Lando's Luck. She'll be writing an untitled book for younger readers involving a stormtrooper and the Millennium Falcon. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, uh, and then I see uh, Thrawn. What kind of news or what cool news came out of Thrawn Treason that's going to be coming soon? Anything they can... Nothing they, they huge. Kind of spoil? Nothing? Uh, you know, Thrawn Treason is coming up uh, this summer, but we did learn that Eli Vanto will be back. Nice. And, uh, Excellent. And we'll we'll also see the return of Admiral Aralani and her new warship. Uh, we'll see uh, an assistant director to uh, Admiral uh, Director Krennic and nice. the return of the Grisks, uh, which sounds really cool. And then, of course, in the book Black Spire, upcoming Black Spire by Delilah Dawson, uh, that book will feature Cardinal. From the nice. Cardinal. I was wondering when we'd hear from him again. Yeah, so you know some some little tidbits here and there. Uh, there's also uh, the Journey to Episode Nine book series coming, uh, as you would expect. They didn't talk any specifics, but that is happening. Uh, there's also this mysterious project called Project Luminous, uh, hmm. which hmm. they've been teasing. My guess, it's probably uh, an Empire Strikes Back version of From a Certain Point of View, with a bunch of authors. Because some authors have been teasing this as well. There's at least three or four involved. Wait, your guess. So, Michael, did you guess this one? I was the one who mentioned it when everyone was trying to guess it, but that's fine. You were. were. I'm sorry. You were right. You were right. Actually, I forgot. So, Michael, you should get the credit (laughs) for that. He forgot who he stole that from. (laughs) He just happened to have him on the podcast. So It was was wiped from his memory from a Jedi mind wipe. It was an accident. Celebration was like two weeks ago now, Michael. A lot's happened since then. (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time, buddy. I I don't care. I just, look, if I I see an opening, I'm going to go for it. You got to go for it. You got to go. Uh, were there anything that stuck out for you, uh, Michael, at the the publishing panels? I didn't go to this. Okay, then, then nothing stuck out. Okay, stuck out. So, so who went to the Galaxy's Edge panel? Did anybody? Oh, oh, one more thing. Sorry, before we move oh, on to Galaxy's oh, Edge, I do need to just call out. This is not. This was an announcement. 
But Claudia Gray said she would love to write books about every single character in Knights of the Republic. Which just makes me so happy. Doesn't mean we'll actually yes. get them. But well, but but we also know that about what was it about two years ago that she was you know gushing about how she would love to do a Qui Gon book and Master and Apprentice came along. So Claudia's Gray is one of the best be be hint, authors hint, right wink, now. Wink, know what I mean? She specifically called out uh, Bast- Bastilashan and HK forty seven as some of her top characters to write books about. So we'll see. I would love that. And they've got a huge round of applause from people. And I given the imagine. rumors that, you know, they might be looking at going into the Kotar era for future movies. I hope so. It happen. I, I hope so. I see it happen. So, so Galaxy's Edge. Who went to that one? Nope. Yeah, so that one was uh, uh we okay. went, was not there in <laughs> person for most of the panel, but I was uh I, we had some conflicts, but I was able to uh, watch a bit of it. This one was uh, a bit more um, just hyping up the, the Galaxy's Edge. I, I'm excited to go there, but mm. there wasn't a lot of new. They had William, a, um, there's only one thing you're excited for there now. And what is that? <laughs> so so for, you may, for those of you who don't know William, there's like two things in William's fridge right now. One is pizza that's probably a week old. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's only two days old. (laughs) William, is there or is there not pizza in your refrigerator right now? There is, but I had it Friday. Okay, Okay, so it's not a week old. What's the second one? Two days old. The second piece is there are... I didn't have pizza in my fridge. uh, If you'd asked me this question three days ago or a week ago or two weeks ago, I wouldn't have had pizza in my fridge. See, now William's a little bit offended. (laughs) Okay. Um, The other thing that William has in his fridge... All the time is Sprite. Really? And I do like well, William yeah. sodas. It's an addiction. No, I've gotten problem. a lot better. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. I very how rarely have some hey, anymore. How much Sprite did you have today, William? None. Uh, okay, fine. But I have a feeling <laughs> when you go in June, you're going to be getting yourself a specific Sprite. But yes, they do have Arbush branded Coca-Cola, including Sprite. It looks like a little grenade, actually. Yeah, but it's like basically a, in yeah. universe, which is or or BB-8, pretty cool. Or BB-8, yeah, BB-8 could be BB-8. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm not gonna lie. And they did give away uh, 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 an Arbush Coca-Cola T-shirt as well. Oh uh, man, that would have been cool. Yeah, and then uh, um, there was a. They also talked about how Rise of the Resistance at Galaxy's Edge will see you escaping a Star Destroyer. Uh, and feature Ray and Poe and Kylo Ren. It's the biggest attraction Disney has ever built for its parks. So those are really that's, that's really awesome. it. I mean, they had Josh Gad hosting the panel, and um, they had some vi- you know some jokey videos, kind of taking a look at uh, at Galaxy's Edge and stuff. But other than that, there wasn't a huge a lot of huge reveals, mm-hmm. at least. Um, but I, I'm very excited to go actually experience Galaxy's Edge when it opens. Uh, and you know, Tom, you and I will be there uh, June uh, in June. So we're, we're, we're going in June. Definitely looking forward to it. Awesome. Yep. So, see, so, so the ahead. last big thing I think that happened at this celebration was, of course, this is the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, uh, and we actually got a Phantom Menace uh, panel, right? We did. Uh, yeah, actually, there was a lot of Phantom Menace content. I was 
So kind of looking more high level real quick, I was surprised. Let me hear your thoughts on this, Michael. There was a lot less. There was like one panel on Solo, which was very well done. It was on making Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I made sure to go to that one. Yeah, that was a great one. And there was a um, there was a panel about like the creatures in Star Wars uh, in the in the recent films. But there wasn't a whole lot of Solo or Last Jedi content, given that especially surprisingly, given that those films are only like a year old, year and a half old. Um, yeah, but it, there was a lot of stuff about the Phantom Menace from like the art of Phantom Menace with Doug Chang, uh, which was a, a, a fantastic panel. And Doug kind of talked about his design process to, you know, looking back on the music of the Phantom Menace with David Collins. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I love David Collins podcast, uh, uh, Star Wars Oxygen and um, oh, shoot. What's the <laughs> completely blanket on the new one now? Um, uh, the, was it called the soundtrack? The soundtrack show. It's pretty yeah, obvious. How should I? Why, how could I have forgotten that? Um, so they had a bunch of panels on Phantom Menace as well as the 20th anniversary ce- celebration. So there was there was a lot of TPM. Cool. That's good. What were your thoughts on uh, the 20th anniversary celebration, Michael? I'll be honest. That was like one of the more letdowns for me like one of the bigger letdowns just because i i expect like i even told everyone before i'm like i don't know i've got a gut feeling i think there's probably going to be something really cool happen there and usually like when i get that feeling it's like okay you you listen to that feeling and i did and i was let down so you're saying the force was not strong with you it wasn't it wasn't this time like i said usually it's when when I get that feeling, I'm like, oh, you jump on this, and mm-hmm. I was I was let down. Um, so I but, think you know, that I mean, might have been our fault. To be fair, like we were speculating, mm, like every I day they said the so, biggest though. panels. I, that, no, I think it should have been bigger. I mean, come on, it's let's be honest. We would not have the sequel trilogy without the prequel trilogy. Yeah, uh, it's it's very important, and and the Phantom Menace was the one that kicked it off, and that was. Um, you know, I mean, of course they, they were testing the waters prior to see if, if, you know, bringing Star Wars back was a thing that could happen. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it deserved more mm. than it, what it was given. I mean, uh, just, you know, point of fact, there wasn't even like a giveaway or anything. They revealed a really cool poster, but it wasn't. I thought, okay, well, maybe they just didn't say it, but they're going to give that poster away as, as we walk out, which is what they normally uh, were doing at, at them. Nope, they didn't even give away that, um, which is fine. It just, it, like, when all the other big panels, like, yeah. it, it's the only panel that was a uh, um, a lottery panel that did not get, did not have a giveaway. Yeah. I mean, to so, be fair, it's not all about the giveaways, but I do get your no, point. No, it's like, not, but, I'm, but I think, I'm just saying that it clearly was not treated with the same level of respect, in my opinion, that, that some of the others were. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I mean, I was a little disappointed. Like, I, I felt like, you know, The Phantom Menace is probably my, maybe my least favorite prequel. Um it, it kind of goes back and forth between Revenge of the Sith because I love Attack of the Clones and I will not apologize for that. Um, There's nothing but, wrong. I love Attack of the Clones. I There's love Attack of the Clones so much. But anyhow, point being, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I felt like that, um, 
it it deserved a bit more respect that there there should should have been a bit more you know like pomp and circumstance for yeah. it um i mean the so. the fortieth anniversary panel uh celebration uh last time was just amazing and then you know John Williams was there and the whole cast and crew were reunited and I mean, I do get your point, right? For an, for an 11 a.m. panel, one of the lottery panels, the first panel of the day in the celebration stage, which is a huge arena, you know, we, we had, um, you know, they said the biggest panel would start off every day. And we had uh, uh, Last uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, Galaxy's Edge, which arguably, you know, I think that was a little more disappointing as well. Um, uh, the Mandalorian and the Phantom Menace. And then, of course, later in the day, we had Clone Wars and Jedi Fallen Order, which were also in that stage, which you could argue were probably bigger panels. I probably would have replaced Galaxy's Edge and the TPM 20th anniversary with those two panels in terms of like how, the, the, what they felt like in terms of scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, the, it was a it was a smaller group too. I, they had uh, a bunch of folks from the production side: John Knoll, uh, visual effects supervisor Doug Chang on the art design uh, art front. Uh, Matthew Wood, sound designer, Gene Bolt, who did a lot of uh, stuff with like the props uh, and, and uh, worked for ILM. Uh, and then, of course, they had Ian McDermott, Ray Park, uh, Ahmed Best, who got a huge standing ovation when he walked out, uh, which well is deserved. wonderful to see. Yeah, and, yep. and Anthony Daniels. Uh, and, you know, part of it might be we were kind of hyping things up in our head maybe, but there was none of the, none of the main cast were there it would have been fun to see like a uh, ewan mcgregor or hayden christensen or uh you know natalie portman or or, or someone uh like that uh, liam neeson you know uh we didn't get any of them um it was still a fun panel kind of looking back on the phantom menace um but again nothing uh nothing huge i think the the most fascinating thing was that ian mcdermott apparently he told this story about how he didn't know that Palpatine was really the emperor when they started filming the Phantom Menace. Um, George told them that they had two different parts for him, a senator and an evil, mysterious character. And even Liam Neeson didn't know that he was playing both parts until the premiere of the film. Interesting. Because, um, you know, he was mostly off to the side for when he was playing Palpatine. Uh, initially, when he walked onto the set, uh, Ian McDermott thought they'd made a mistake with the casting because they gave him two different casting numbers. And he's like, I'm playing a senator, and you gave me this other guy too, a Sidious guy, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, and he joked that today, to this day, no one's ever told that they're the same character. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I just rewatched Phantom Menace uh, on on Friday, um, and that's why I had the pizza, Stephen. I will have you know. Um, <laughs> uh, friend brought it, uh, but I just watched rewatched the Phantom Menace on Friday, and um, you know, I don't know. I I feel like he had to have known at least maybe maybe once they started production, but before. Before production, he, he had no idea they were the same character. Mm-hmm. And then uh, George Lucas recorded a, a little video message thanking everyone and kind of celebrating the Phantom Menace and reiterating that, yes, Jar Jar Binks is his favorite character of all time, which I agree. I agree. He is a good character. Well written. And when he's written very well, he is a great character. He is. Absolutely. He is. But yeah, that, that was about about it, unless you can think of anything else, Michael. Um you know, it was a nice look back. I, I would say it's a little bit more on the lines of like a Reb- the Rebels Remembered panel where they're looking back, telling stories. Um, nothing huge, right? But uh, no big reveals. But not every panel has to be like that. I just wish 
it kind of would have had a little more, maybe a little more of a reunion. Like Rebels at least had almost the full cast except for Pre- Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the TPM 20th anniversary was a little bit lacking, although it's still always great to see, you know, Ian McDermott, Ray Park, Ahmed Best, and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. So. so to sum up your experience with Celebration in, in like the shortest amount of time possible, how was this celebration in Chicago? Michael? Yeah, Michael. Good. I mean, uh, like, I, I think I mentioned on last episode, if, if not, I'll, I'll say it again. You know, the, the big letdown was not having enough time to, you know, get to take pictures in the little Millennium Falcon setup. That, and then, of course, I didn't get to go to the, the Rebels Remembered, but that was because of a, a scheduling conflict. Other than that, pretty much all the stuff I really wanted, um, I got and got got in to see. So it was a great, great one for me. That's yeah. great. Yeah, technical issues aside, I think it was you know early on it was very smooth. Uh, a lot of good content. Uh, it's always great to see all of our friends. I mean, um, you know, we, there was a lot of other stuff we just can't possibly cover on the podcast. Um, but I do want to touch on a, a few things real briefly. There was a Lego animation panel, which was a nice tribute to Bill Motts and Bob Roth. That's all cool. their amazing work. Great guys. On Lego Star Wars and the Freemaker Adventures. Um, they even had some nice behind-the-scenes videos and a very touching tribute to them. Um, there was even fun, you know, again, like we're talking about, not every panel has to be news. There was just fun panels. Like uh, uh, Bruce and I went to the uh, Star Wars Let's Play panel where... David Collins, Anthony Carboni, Sam Witwer, Janita Gavankar, and Daniel Logan just played classic Star Wars games for an hour uh, and like commentated on them. They played Super Star Wars, Racer Revenge, Bounty Hunter, and Force Unleashed. And, you know, it's fun to see Daniel Logan playing as his quote unquote father in Bounty Hunter or Sam Witwer playing as himself in the Force Unleashed. Um, you know, he was, Sam was even giving us like some previews of his mocap skills. He'd like stand up and do the <laughs> Vader, you know, the what? Starkiller breathing. You know, it's, it's just silly, fun stuff. That was like probably one of the more, the, uh, most fun panels just and like did, pure fun didn't you say that daniel would respond to uh Django, like in the game when he'd say something he'd be like okay dad yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly or you know apparently yeah. david collins and sam were made up the song uh they made up lyrics to the force <laughs> Un- unleashed theme song and they just like sing it on stage and like you know <laughs> they made it up made up the lyrics during development of the game and it's just so fun good. you know or uh, we had the opportunity to go on the Star Wars Bookworms live show with Aaron and Teresa, which was fun. E.K. Johnson, that episode's out now. Definitely go listen to that uh, if you want. Um, um, but yeah, it's just a it's a really fun it's a fun time. It was well run. We got to do everything we wanted, um, and I can't wait for Anaheim in 2020. It's going to be fun. Yes, my backyard. Yes, I will so be there. Excited. So excited. Yeah, they even took advantage of some local stuff, I guess, in Chicago with uh, they had a rogue pun at Second City uh, comedy uh, hour or two. Uh, even Anthony Carboni appeared on stage as special guest. So just a lot of fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good time. I always love Celebration. And uh, yeah, definitely everyone make it out there to make it to Anaheim because it's going to be a, a good time, I'm sure. It's going to yep. be a lot to talk about next year. Yeah, well, absolutely. So... Any other final thoughts or questions, you guys? No. Um, it sounds like it was something that um, bummed I missed it. But um, it does give me a good thing to look forward to since it's going to be in my backyard next year. So um, I, I hope to get out there and see everybody next year. 
and uh, we'll have some fun in Anaheim. So you heard it here first. Celebration, Tom's Backyard, 2020. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's literally uh-huh. in Tom's Backyard. We're putting up tents. You know what? I, I'm cleaning up my hill for this. Okay. <laughs> I hope you can. Pass. I hope you have line management figured out. <laughs> it's going to go uh, around the house and into the kitchen. It, it'll be fine. Don't, it'll, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tom's got it figured out. We'll put it this way. Queuing uh, lines have, are in the garage. So. And, 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 and also put it this way. I will have all three of my sons together, and they'll help me with this. So, sure, we will get all of this together. I'm, I'm just saying, don't tell me to queue in the kitchen for something that's going to happen in the guest bedroom. Trust like, me, you're not going to be queuing in the kitchen. Nobody's going to want to queue in the kitchen. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think- uh. <laughs> <laughs> Celebration Tom's Backyard 2020. Uh, we'll see you guys there. Yeah, the address is anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, I, I think on I think on that note. Yeah, Michael, thanks for joining us again for this hey, part. Thanks two. for having me again. Yeah, thanks, Michael. We definitely wanted you want to discuss the Jedi Fallen Order, especially. Uh, that's uh, it, but it was such a great, great time. It's great seeing everyone, all of our friends. We talked about. I feel like we said a lot of this stuff in the last episode, we, so we won't repeat it. But, um. But, uh, but thank you for for joining us, Michael. And, yeah, but uh, it's important to repeat it for the people who haven't been, so they know that like. No, no, all the all... thank yous, the thank yous. Yeah. Hey, thank no, you I for know, know. for you know, the... it's good. Uh, it's good seeing all of our friends. That that's what yeah. I mean. But but, right, but for right. you, thank you. We don't. We definitely want to oh, repeat well, thank, that. Yeah, thank, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I'm just saying, you know. That's that's the great thing is all the people you see. So yeah. you know, next year it it seemed like a lot of people didn't come this year you know like uh riley and bethany as well as you know a lot of other people that i can't think of right off the top of my head but i did notice that that there were a lot of uh a lot of people missing so you know this year or you know coming up 2020 fingers crossed that uh we'll have a much bigger band back together uh thanks again for joining us michael one more time can you let people know where they can find you if they want to listen to your podcast or find you on twitter Yes. Not your home address. We already talked about that last time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can't give them my home address because Anaheim is not that close to my house. (laughs) Not in my backyard. Fine. Don't worry, guys. We'll we'll GPS it. We'll get it worked out. Don't worry. Um, So, yeah, everybody can just find me at Morris Isley on the Twitter. uh, Or you can find, you know, you can find my podcast, Cloud City Casino, on pretty much any of the podcatchers. And, uh, of course... You know, uh, it's just Cloud City Casino on Twitter and uh, Facebook or Cloud City Casino at gmail.com. That should be it. That should be all the places that I'm allowed to give out. <laughs> there you go. Does anyone need my beeper number? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back uh, hopefully next week. We're uh, working on a few details, but hopefully next week with our review of. Claudie Gray's. Okay, look, I'm taking that speed reading course tomorrow, okay? I wasn't going to call you out. That's fine. But if you want to call yourself out, you can. Why not? (laughs) Goodbye, all. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. 
To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.